Todd, are you ready for this week I learned? What'd you learn this week? Do we do this every week? Well, some some weeks we had. Last week it was most of the show. <laughs> it was most of the good parts of the show. <laughs> are you still recording? You're still recording. You just gonna cut this out? That the deal? Yep, we're still live. Okay. Yeah, I'll cut this out. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this well, will eventually get down to about two and a half minutes. So <laughs> Welcome to Talking to Todd, a weekly podcast with Dwayne Johnson and Todd Prince, where failure is always an option, particularly when you're recording the open. Thanks for joining us. Uh, a little bit later, we'll be joined by Mark Felderman. Hey, Todd. Hey, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. We taped most of this last night, and then I spent the night editing. What did you do last night? Slept like a baby. Uh, <laughs> <You> suck. <laughs> Hey, 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 Dwayne, here's here's 90 minutes of I don't even know what. Why don't you spend the next six hours trying to make something out of it? <laughs> it was fun. You know, just going back into, you know, we did we had a we had one of our early episodes. They're, they're all early at this point called Dwayne does 98 percent of the work. It, that's not wrong. Right. Like, that's, <laughs> I'm I'm as interested to hear how that conversation turned out as everybody else who is listening. Can't wait. Because <laughs> yeah. when we recorded it, I came off as an unentertaining Stephen A. Smith. And so uh, I'm hoping that you uh, you either toned me down or amplified it one way or the other just to make it more interesting. Well, share what Lisa said. Uh, yeah. After we finished the conversation with Mark, I came out and said, boy, that did not go very well. And Lisa, on brand with our tagline, said, well, they all can't be. They can't all be winners. So... <laughs> I think we've picked. I think we've picked a good tagline because um, we warned you. This is what you get, folks. Uh, let's see updates since last week. I think we got a we got a little bit of feedback. Your aunt Sue wrote me a note on Facebook, which is which is one of the feedback mechanisms we are uh, we haven't advertised, and yet is where at least half of our feedback I think is coming from. Oh, at least yeah. <laughs> Plus, she couldn't get our .dot com address for talking to Todd to work. Maybe she tried to tweet us. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully we'll clean that up later. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but she was excited to be on the radio, and she remembered that she and I made up a Ragbri song, which um, can't be repeated on a family podcast. <laughs> well, it can. You just don't want. You well, just don't want to. There's <laughs> Uh, true fact. And it's on Facebook, so it's never going away. Um, and she also reminded me of something that I had forgotten, which was Loincloth Man. I had totally blocked out Loincloth Man. You know, so 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 had I, and uh, probably for a reason. I think there's really a reason I had blocked that out. Totally had forgotten. And also, apparently, a reason that Aunt Sue remembered Loincloth Man. <laughs> You, you got you got to admire a guy though that uh, that's that committed to a concept. It, it also prompted me to remember the fact that I had talked to John Karras and didn't know the foggiest idea who John Karras was. So you know. uh, what are you doing on this ride? Oh, you founded it. Oh, hmm, that's interesting. Oh, huh, that's neat. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. You do anything else? <laughs> yeah, write a little column. 
Seriously, and quite quite frankly, if a 15-year-old kid uh, finds out that they they're just ran into a famous newspaper columnist, most 15-year-olds, well, at this point, 15-year-olds would go, what's a newspaper? Um, but at that <laughs> point, y- y- you probably at 15 probably don't have your favorite newspaper columnist. So, so I'll give you I'll give you a pass on I'll give you a pass on that one. We didn't read a lot in Iowa Falls. So we didn't read and we didn't do math. Other than that, it was a stellar education. We also didn't steal signs when we were playing baseball. Yeah. We'll get to that a little later. Yeah, that's that's later in the show. I like how you teased uh you teased the song that you are you're not gonna share. So I I I have to assume at some point this is this is gonna come back to haunt us down the road somewhere. I can always cut this out. <laughs> that's the beauty of being the editor. <laughs> if you do if you're doing ninety eight percent of the work and you don't like how it turns out, it's your own damn fault. <laughs> Good point. Wow, that was awful. Who did that? Oh wait. That's me. Hey, Dwayne, that uh, this episode was uh, particularly embarrassing for you. Uh, do you want me to take a stab at the uh, the edit this time? No, hmm, that's weird. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm more than happy to. No, no, okay, don't touch the files. Okay, that's okay. Just I'm just offering. <laughs> Control freak? No, not much. No, not at all. Oh, we did have one other piece of uh, we had one other piece of in person feedback uh, when we were listening to last week's episode. With the multitude of theme songs, Lisa, Lisa did let, let me know that the um, the song with the tuba seemed most appropriate for our show. So take take that for for what it's worth. Okay, so we said there was going to be a poll. We got one vote. Got one person voted. By the way, hey, speaking of that, this wasn't even on our rundown because we forgot about it. Um, <laughs> yes. Did did anybody guess? Did anybody guess the word that you had to incorporate into last week's episode? No, nobody's listening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the the thing is, is I realized not only did we not get any feedback on that, we forgot to give each other a word for this week's episode. So, <laughs> well, maybe we did, and maybe we didn't. Listen I don't remember challenge. having a word. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Try to figure out whether or not we gave each other a word this week as you're listening to this week's podcast. Okay, so we're still we're still looking for any feedback from the previous episode of a word that Dwayne was given that he had to subtly incorporate into the conversation. And I thought I did a pretty decent job of it. You didn't even break up. When you did your word, I totally lost it. <laughs> No, because when you used your word, that what went through my head was, "Oh crap, this is a thing we're doing." I forgot how I forgot to do it. I'd better uh, make myself another note to remind me to look at the first note that I made myself to not forget to do the thing that I just forgot to do. That didn't help you last night. You lost all your notes. <laughs> yeah, the secret is I don't have any notes. Um, I just, I mean, I say that I have notes. I don't. I don't have any notes. That explains a couple things. <laughs> it explains a lot. Should we throw it to the main event? Yeah, do we need to introduce the con- the conversation, or did we- does it just pick up? And we're joined by Mark Felderman. Yumbo! Our topic of the week is going to be cheating in baseball, and it was prompted by an article in The Athletic by Jason Stark, and I'll put a link to it on the website if you want to read it. But the headline is, it's time for players to take ownership of the game. And it was all about the cheating, and was it cheating, and was it cheating when the Astros did it? Or was it cheating when the Red Sox did it? Um, but it was a really interesting article. So I sent it over to Todd and I sent it to Mark. And 
then we threw it out as we'll we'll uh, talk about baseball since uh, I don't know about either of you two guys, but I'm really missing baseball. I'm missing baseball. You know what? It might be easier for you to mark the parks you want to keep this time than the parks we want to get rid of. <laughs> It'll be an easier edit. <laughs> so I think the first thing in the article that really jumped out to me was in the interviews that they did with the Red Sox, they didn't believe that in-game sign stealing is cheating. Let's start with that premise. Is in-game sign stealing cheating? Mark, Mark, go ahead and give us the historical context. Well, all I was going to say was non-technological is what you're talking about, right? I mean, not using somebody in the outfield with... with... The Red Sox were using somebody in the video replay booth to decipher the signs and then go down to the clubhouse and tell people what the signs mean. And then when you're on second base to be able to relay that to the batter. If a guy standing at second base is looking at the catcher and can read the signs and relay that to the batter, the the guy's a player. This is part of the game. If you're on the field of play and you can see something and you've got signals, that's fine. But as soon as you remove those two elements, suddenly now you're not a player and you're not on the field of play. So if you go back into the 20s or whatever, you've got people in the grandstands or people in the scoreboard using binoculars and doing stuff like that. Now, in 1951, when when the Giants won the pennant, and they're, you know, the real famous, the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant, they were cheating like crazy. And the guy who was out in the outfield stealing the signs was a player. I mean, he, w- he was on the roster, and he crawled up in there and, and uh, did that. But there's a whole lot of examples of this. Uh, I coached high school baseball for 17 seasons, and you got a man on second base, he'd better be looking at the sign, and he'd, and he'd better be giving the arm straight out if he, if he thinks it's going to be a fastball and the arm crooked down if, uh, if he thinks it's going to be a curveball. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's part of the game absolutely part of the game. Now, I don't agree with stealing science from center field and using the technology, but I did I did a little research, which I know is illegal. Uh, it's cheating in my own right. Yeah, that's not allowed on this show. <laughs> I know, but the first time this ever happened for that it was you know discovered and it was a big deal was the Philadelphia Phillies in 1898, believe it or not. And they, they uh, had a guy out in center field who they had an electrical signal. They buried wire under the ground to the first base coach, and he would get a shock. And the length of the shock depended, told, told them whether it was a fastball or a curveball coming. And the first base coach would relay it. Hey, Mark, go coach first. Nope, not today. <laughs> not, today. <laughs> not today. Man, I wish you'd stop throwing fastball. Oh I, wish you would quit. I wish you would quit raining. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> hey, coach, you got to get back in the box. No, I don't. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to do it. But here's the thing, right? When they got, when they got caught, when, when that was discovered, they didn't say burying a wire through the outfield and sending a shock to a first base coach. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just, that's just technology. People are going to have to adapt to our new shock technology. Like nobody said that in the 1890s, right? 
Well, they, they actually, they were criticized sharply by all of the other teams in the National League, but not for stealing the signs, but, by, but for using technology in such an elaborate way to, to do it. Well, when the Giants did it in 1951 and they just started, started doing it, they, believe it or not, the polo grounds it was so far down the lines and, and right and left that the bullpens were in fair territory. A guy in the uh, scoreboard would relay it to somebody in the bullpen who was in fair territory, and he would simply raise the baseball in his hand if it was a fastball. And, I mean, it made it made a gigantic difference. But so many of the bullpens are now in the outfield. If those guys are paying attention and they can see and they can relay it, you know, I, that to some extent, that gamesmanship I know happens because they use the replay booth in a way that it's not supposed to be used. I think that's where the line was. But the Red Sox didn't think it was a problem because they were using the replay booth and they were telling somebody, and then you still had to figure it out on the field of play and communicate that to the batter, as opposed to what the Astros did that everybody agrees was cheating, you know, watching the replay monitor and banging on the trash can from the replay room so that the batter could hear it. Well, right. not everybody not everybody agrees that that is cheating, right? The Astros owner does not believe that they gained an advantage by doing that, nor that they broke the rules. And most of the Astro players are not admitting that that was cheating, you know. But but 31 other teams think it's cheating. Yeah, but shockingly, Therefore, the the Red Sox believe that what they did wasn't cheating. The Astros players believe that what they did wasn't cheating. Yes. I mean, the whole point is everybody believes it. Yes, except, and I think this is what Stark was getting to in his column. Out of the last line, tell me your interpretation of this. The last line of Stark's article is a quote from Max Scherzer, right? We're the ones most affected by this as players. We can handle it. What do you think he means? I think he means that had this season actually started, a lot of Astros would have been thrown at I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, that gets to the unwritten rules in baseball, right? You know, baseball, more than any sport, seems to have all of these ridiculous unwritten rules. You know, similar to the way that hockey had a police itself mentality, baseball has a police itself mentality. Some of the stuff they police themselves on is ridiculous, but they still have a police themselves mentality. It got so bad, right? That everybody was worried about this, that Rob Manford actually came out and warned, not he warned all of the teams that they had better not take any action towards the Astros because that would be wrong. The last question on my list for this topic, though, was, is there a way to fix it? Can you fix it? Should they fix it? I've got an idea. Do you guys have ideas? Well, my idea was simply uh, basically the death penalty, uh, where if you get caught doing this, get caught using electronics, get caught someone other than on the field doing this uh, type of thing that uh, you'll forfeit, depending on the severity, you forfeit the game, forfeit a championship, whatever. But you got to say, no, you don't get to win with this. This doesn't count as a win. 
I'm not sure why there are two separate video review booths. I think there's I think there should be one booth in the in the building. If each team wants to put somebody in that booth, fine. You've got phone lines to each of the clubhouses. You know, if you want something reviewed, you pick up the phone, you call the manager, you say review that, but if both teams are sitting in the same room, nobody's going to cheat. The the other way to do it is to say there's no team access to the video replay booth. You don't need to be there. Here's the thing. If you really think that that guy was safe and you want to challenge it from what you saw, challenge it. Fine. But you don't get to go look at replay ahead of time. Challenge it. Don't challenge it. I don't care. But you don't get access to video ahead of time. We survive without it. That's fine. Or, um, and then the other piece is, um, and this wouldn't, I would do, here's what I would do. I would do this in correlation with your, uh, if you kept it, I would do what you said, Dwayne, is you have one and the staff has, you, you just, you know, staff can be in there. Here's what I would do. I would also make it mandatory that anything that go anything that gets played on that monitor in that room has to be shown on the jumbotron, so fans can just see whatever's going on. You know, I'm not sure that this is uh, this is turning out the way I was thinking. Um, had some had some had some not good meetings this week, and now I'm just taking it out on the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely cut this back together. I'll pull Jeez. some. I'll pull the stuff out in the middle and move some things back around. This will come. This will come together, and it'll be it'll be fine. I may leave that in. I may still leave the comment in about you having a bad week, though. <laughs> I, I like that. That's funny. Uh, maybe we should come up with can we can we make some humor out of what they're planning on doing this summer we can talk about that for a that was the other thing on my that was the other thing on my list i'm okay with that because yeah let's talk about something that's that's a little more fun let's talk about when baseball comes back what if i've seen several different scenarios right everybody goes to arizona right being sponsored by the chamber of commerce of arizona (laughs) and the hotels because yeah, they're we, just happy to have people. You want to play baseball? You're 97, 95, eh, 85% COVID free. Come on down. We've got rooms for you. Well, that might still kind of be okay now on April 30th. Can you imagine trying to play baseball in Arizona in June or July? Well, the Diamondbacks do. Well, yes. They have one major league ballpark that's air conditioned all the rest of those stadiums that they're talking about using are not so you're breaking my heart they're making millions of dollars so here's here's the thing though right there's a i've watched um i've watched enough uh um tv documentaries they're not really documentaries but you know the whatever on the discovery channel about bridges and us navy seals and all this kind of stuff one of the one of the us navy seals slogan is it pays to be a winner that they do that through training so here's my thought right if you're playing in arizona and it's 120 like it gets so hot down there that airplanes can't take off but they're going to play baseball cool so here's what you're going to do it pays to be a winner so if you're at the top of the standings you get to play in the air conditioning right <laughs> If you're if you're tanking for draft picks, you know what you've got you got the three o'clock start time outdoors. I want to see some people hustle here. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, I've seen run, have you run seen, that out. <laughs> have you seen proposals for like they're going to play triple headers? They're going to play seven inning games. Um, oh, they're going to get it down to four hours finally. No, 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 no. That's just Yankees Red Sox. The rest of the games will still be three thirty five. Hey, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a quick seven. <sighs> okay. I had an idea. Send six of the teams to Skydome, right? Because it's got a hotel built into it. And then you could play three games a day, play round robin, or send eight teams up there and somebody gets a day off, right? But then it's all self-contained. Everybody's at Skydome. Everybody's staying at the Marriott that's attached there. Um, I mean, you'd have to try to keep people from cheating out of center field, I guess, to go back to our earlier conversation. Well, remember then, the, then it's the, all self-contained. The the problem at Skydome isn't the cameras out from the hotel. It's the cameras that point towards the hotel. That's, yeah, that's the problem cool. at Skydome. <laughs> yeah, it's what the players are doing when they're not on the field. That's where they're going to have problems. Yeah, it's, it's always that, huh, they must be on their honeymoon up there. <laughs> He's kissing her on the strikes. Yes, that's right. That's exactly what's going on. The I I kind of like the of the of the legitimate possibilities. The one that they're going to start in late June or July second with one hundred regular season games. I think about that, and they're going to divide it into three regional divisions. Uh, there was an article in I think USA Today about it. And so, like the East Coast teams, both leagues are are there. The the uh, you know the Cubs, the the White Sox, the Brewers, the Twins, the Royals, the Cardinals, the Astros, the Rangers are in one. And and part of it is that they're going to get away from so much travel, which nobody wants to be in airplanes. You're going to have a lot more crosstown type games. Well, and the thing that I the thing I heard about that right the nfl makes makes all of their money from national tv contracts the baseball teams make their money from local tv contracts right like that's where you make all of your money and if you put all of the teams basically if you put the east coast teams are all going to play each other they're all in the same time zone more or less right depending on where you draw the line and the west coast teams are more or less and then the central and you got you know you got a little bit of overlap but basically what they're trying to do is if you go to this regional model, I mean, they're saying it's to cut down on travel and it it would, um, you know, they all fly on charter airlines, but whatever. Um, But you basically then get the, the local TV station has a 7 PM local start for all the games, right? All season long. So, when the East Coast team, you're not traveling out and having that super late start, or the West Coast teams aren't getting the super early. So what they're trying to then do is basically, it's almost like a make good for the local TV that they're saying, you were used to getting 82 home games that started at time on time, and then you got some that were fine and some that were weird. In this case, you're going to get 100 games that all start at 7 p.m. on a weekday, and you're going to get the most viewers out of it. Which you know, which makes a lot of sense. I told Dwayne of my plan that uh, we just say, you know, Iowa is the Wild West, where we have, if you're not going to have anybody in the stands anyway, we put two teams in Des Moines, we put two, four teams in Omaha, 
uh, one in Sioux City, one in Sioux Falls, uh, Waterloo, Clinton, uh, the Quad Cities, Burlington, Cedar Rapids can have a couple. We can put one in Dyersville and just that, put them all That's here. what I was thinking. There you go. Just do it. Put them all here. You can put one whole league here. I like this plan. I'm just wondering if Dyersville has enough suites available for a baseball team. Between Dyersville and Monticello. The distance from, the the time it takes to get from Dyersville to Dubuque yeah. isn't a whole lot different than the time it takes to get to the to Wrigley Field anyway when you're in Chicago. So they're not going to notice any difference. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. 40 minutes here, 40 minutes there, whatever. You know, if you, in all sincerity, if you're not putting people in the stands, it's just for TV. You can play in Clinton. You can play in Burlington. I'm going to think that the Major League Baseball Players Association is going to have a word about that. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> you I'm going where? What happens when unions get involved? You end up with uh, all kinds of problems. I mean... I mean, the umpire, the umpire's union might also say, yeah, I, I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's... you had the chance to play umpire in the major leagues. And just because you had to spend one year doing it in Burlington, would you really be that upset about it? Well, apparently after watching 30 years of Country Joe West, um, it's the easiest job in the world because you don't have to be right ever. And um, you you still get to keep your job. So it doesn't seem to be that hard of a job, at least watching Country Joe West. Does the referee want to want to jump in on that uh, conversation to you know, defend uh, his official, uh, his uh, fellow officials? I don't know. Some of those guys that spent so many years in single A and double A and triple A, and now you're telling me I got to go back to Keokuk? Oh, hell no. <laughs> I worked my entire career to get out of this place. Keokuk is not one of my lists on my list. Okay. <laughs> Bellevue's got a great ballpark. It really does. Yeah. Is it Felderman Field? Uh, no, but it's near Felderman okay. Park. You know, it, it is interesting, though, that they're trying to put all of the teams. So the teams get to play in their home stadiums, and you're still going to yeah. have travel. You're just not going to have cross country travel as much. I mean, it's interesting that you've gone from the sort of the, the biodome thought, right? The Everybody goes to Sky Dome, and you're just going to hang out there for a few months versus no actually everybody everybody can go to their home city the the realignment fixes one problem but it doesn't it doesn't seem to address like the broader that broad there's a lot of infrastructure that still has to take place in order for players and coaches and staff and camera operators and whoever else is involved to basically right. go home every night and then come to the ballpark and play right like they 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 fixed one problem and they're just kind of assuming that the rest of the problems are going to be taken care of let me let me ask you this in this scenario mark there's a hundred games and they're going to play them against just these nine other teams is it going to be okay the royals and the cardinals are going to play nine games are they playing them all like once you're there, you're just going to play all nine of them. I haven't seen. Or... That. <laughs> you know, you know, Can you imagine about game seven? How sick of these guys are going to? Well, okay, but not only not only that, but so your best hitter is injured. All right, so he's he's missing nine games against the first place Cardinals, right? 
and but he's back for this series later on. I mean that that doesn't work very well in re, in reality to you know give a serious answer to that. And you know you're playing somebody that's hot, and sometimes you can't wait to get out of town after a three game series. I, I can't see them doing that. But you know what? Playing a lot of games between the Cardinals and the and the Royals and the Cubs and the White Sox and the Brewers and the, and the Twins, oh, that's that's kind of appealing. Is it as appealing without any fans in the stands? Now we're back to that. Didn't you guys talk about this at one time? The uh, is, does we did talk about that. But I was I was going to say, you know, you go back to this little Iowa uh, round robin thing. You see you see Clinton coming up on the schedule. Somebody says, oh, I'm not going to Clinton. I'm going to go start a fight and get thrown out and get suspended for five days so I don't have to go to Clinton. You better hope we don't have any listeners in Clinton. We don't have any listeners, right? That's the whole We don't have any listeners at all. Nobody's nobody's listening. <laughs> but the I, I don't know. I love Clinton. Okay. I I love Burlington. These are great towns. Would you okay, would you rather go to Detroit? I'd rather go to Clinton. I I don't disagree with that. Maybe we underestimate the level to which that already happens. <laughs> exactly, yo. Let me go to, let, let me sign up to go to Detroit. No, I don't think so. Where else? Cleveland. Cleveland. You can't make me go. Yes, see, exactly. Who wants to do that? Cleveland. Okay, okay. So, so I figured out I figured out how they can get 162 games in. Play a lot of double double headers. Is it? Go ahead. I'm what sorry. do they What do they do in spring training? They divide up the squad. Right? Oh, yeah. You 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 have two full squads, and the A squad goes to plays one place, and the B squad plays at home or whatever. So you know what? Instead of the twenty five man roster, fine, just make it forty, make it fifty, and uh, every team is playing two games a day. <laughs> Todd, I love it. I absolutely love that plan. This is a great idea. You know what? You you get the minor leaguers in. You get you know you get to develop some or whatever. You know that'd be great. You know you the Cubs won and lost today. Really? Yeah. And yeah. quite frankly, if you could schedule a doubleheader for both of them, you could get four games in. I like it. I've I've got tickets to see the Yankees. Yeah, not really. <laughs> Aaron Judge is at the other ballpark. That's right. Yeah, exactly. I'm good. So whatever. So we do this. We've started, Mark, we started doing this thing. I don't think, I don't think we were doing it when you were on the first show, but we've started doing this thing at the end where we talk about something that we learned. And Lucas says that it's a real, it's a real dad kind of segment to do. Okay. Um, but you know, it's, so what did you learn this week? So if you want to stick around, you want to stick around and talk about I what do. you learned this week? Yes. Cool. Excellent. Todd, you want to start off? Do you have what you want to talk about what you learned? You want to start? Why don't I, don't I back clean up this time? Okay, you got clean up. Mark, do you have yours ready or do you want me to go? You go ahead. Okay. So um, the thing that I learned, Jameis Winston is going to go play for the Saints, right? Okay. He has thrown more balls to Saints than the current backup quarterback for the Saints, Taysom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> He's thrown more interceptions to the yes. Saints. Got it. Just to the Saints. In four years, he's gone four, one, three, and two for a total of 10 picks. Taysom Hill, listed at 6'2, 221, undrafted out of BYU. He had three completions in 2018 and another three in 2019. He's six for 13 all time. All right. 
So, you know, Jameis is already good at throwing balls to Saints. He should be just fine. I like it. That's, I like what, it. that's what I learned. Okay. You know, I was a teacher for 29 years. So I'm going to take a chance to, to teach Todd something. We're going to have to have me go and then Dwayne go again for you to be cleanup. Because cleanup is fourth. I was hoping you weren't going to figure that out. We were just going to hit three and then I was going to tail off, but that's oh, fine. Okay. All right. All right. So fact checking is not allowed on this podcast. <laughs> God bless you. I love you. Bless his heart. He thought he was batting fourth. The, uh, the thing that I learned this weekend is that, or this week was that they are playing real live baseball in Taiwan and they are playing pretty good baseball. The thing is, if you want to watch it live, you've got to be up at like five o'clock in the morning here to to watch it live. But I watched four innings of a, a game, a recording of a game, and then it was good baseball. The announcers were Chinese guys, but they were doing it in English, and they were they were pretty good. They didn't have anybody in the stands, but they had cutout people and cutout cardboard cutouts of people sitting in the seats. So it looked like there were people in the stands and, and they have, and the, and in Chinese baseball, and I believe this is also true in Korea and in Japan, they have cheerleaders that are up on the dugouts leading cheers, although there was no one in the stands to cheer, but they piped in, you know, crowd noise and stuff like that. And it was uh, it was pretty good baseball. It wasn't wasn't bad at all. There's some home runs and in a in a world desperate for baseball, it was was glad to see it. I would tune in to ESPN if they were doing a little league game right now. It would be I, I'm in. It's doesn't matter because it's baseball and and I could I could use some live baseball. The other and as I say that and I think Todd may find this interesting. But maybe not. Uh, I'm not sure Todd's found anything I've said so far tonight interesting. But uh, at five o'clock in the morning, according to the statistic on it, there were 635,000 people tuned in to watch Chinese baseball. If you want to look it up on YouTube, you just go to CPBL, which is Chinese Professional Baseball League, and there's the games there. On YouTube, I'm just thinking at least 300,000 of them fell asleep with the TV on. But <laughs> oh, what? Oh, baseball! Oh, that's great. I learned that I could sleep to the IR to the to the Internet Racing League just as easily as I could sleep to regular NASCAR. I'm sure this baseball th- would be the same way. I've also learned that I can I I like uh, I like baseball movies every bit as much as I like baseball. I watched back-to-back the 1950s version of Angels in the Outfield, and then I watched the new Disney, relatively new, not 1950s, what, 1980s, uh, version of Angels in the Outfield 2. So there you go. So now you're fourth, because I did too. <laughs> See, that solves it. Thank you. Uh-huh. There you go. You know what? New baseball rules. You just bat whenever you want. I like, like, let's just, if this is the year to try stuff, that's fine. But yeah. it's not a mulligan because the first one counted. 
you, you know, one of our one of our future shows um, or multiple future shows will be on rule changes in sports that we'd like to see. Um, sometimes because we think that they'd be a really good idea to change the rules. And sometimes I'd like to change the rules just to watch the chaos happen. All right. Um, what did I learn this week? Um, so... Um, yeah, that's a good thing. That's a, that's a good, hold on. Nope. Here, hold on. Can we mark the tape there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is. <laughs> you know what? I put something. I, I jotted a note down and thought, this would be good. I should remember this. What I didn't do is write a note down of where I put the note. While he's doing that, I'm going to tell a funny story so that then he then you can cut this out. And But it's, but it's kind of funny. I was listening to this guy tell a story on the radio that he swears is a true story where he came up to bat and he walked and as he ran down to first base he thought i'm going for it and so as he turned from first base he ran just kept running run as hard as he could and the catcher is standing there with the ball going what the heck is this guy doing and he chucks the ball into the outfield so the guy takes off for third and is, is this was a high school game, gunning for third, head first slide. Here comes the throw, overthrow. The ball's bouncing around. The guy gets up, runs home, slides. It's a close play, but he's safe. I mean, he, he beats the throw. The umpire looks at him and says, that was only ball three. <laughs> 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 and so he got up, he got up, picked up his bat, he threw another pitch. It was a, it had been a full count, and and it was a strike, and he walked back to the deck. <laughs> <laughs> and the parents, the parents, you know, they don't they don't announce to the crowd what the heck has just happened. <laughs> you got people going. You know, I really thought I understood baseball. <laughs> but apparently you can just get up and bat again. I thought of that when he was talking about you can bat whenever you want. You, know? <laughs> you just had it inside the park, home run off of a walk. <laughs> that didn't happen. You know what they say, a walk's as good as a home run. Yeah, in this case, <laughs> That's what they say? Something like that. Yeah, it's it's, like it's that. close. It's, it's close. So... So that little league team wasn't good. Did you find your notes yet? (laughs) He was listening to my story. (laughs) Uh, Oh, hey, uh, this isn't the thing I learned this week, but uh, hey, Mark, do you remember a baseball player by the name of Corey Snyder? I think I do, but I don't know what I remember about him. Dodgers, Dodgers, early 90s, Indians, late 80s. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, he sold me a car. So, uh, oh. sold us a car. Um, two weeks ago. Yeah. Did he autograph the dash or anything? Or, you know. No, no. He actually, he did, he did, he, he drove it three hours down to deliver it to us, however, um, which yeah. was nice. And then, yeah. uh, and I, I'd just been texting with him and his name's Corey. And then he handed us the car and he was, we were talking a little bit and he's like, yeah, you know, he went to BYU, played baseball, and then uh, played some, you know, played 10 years in the majors. And I was like, oh. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So anyway, uh, 
I'm sure he was on one of my fantasy baseball teams uh, early on in our in our fantasy baseball league. Um, How do you spell Snyder? Is it S N Y D E R? I believe that's correct. I lo- I looked him up. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he had a you know decent career, derailed by injuries, kind of a power hitter a bit. He did tell me the reason why I came up is I told him I worked at you at uh, where I worked, and uh, he said, "Oh, uh, his first game for BYU, uh, his first three at bats were home runs against that team." And then he coached for a long time. Yeah, yeah, he coached for a really long time. The reason why he's doing the car, I thought that he, I thought he was doing the car sales thing because. Um, because, you know, baseball's not on. Um, he had already gotten out because he wanted to spend more time with his family. But he was a coach for, he was a minor league coach here up until February even. So, yeah. Cool. Do you ever play against Carmen Fanzo? I did not ask. Oh, I've got to I was wondering. I was wondering if maybe he drove your car two thirds of the way there and then somebody else came in and delivered it afterwards. <laughs> got to go that, to the lefty. Yep. That, that's... Somebody, <laughs> yeah, but with 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 modern baseball, you you bring in the guy just to go through the next exit. Just just one exit is all we need out of you, dude. And then and then pull over, and then we we got to get the guy. The next exit's on the left, so that's a left exit. That's a different guy. So just make it to that one, and then we got to bring in another guy. You know, I was going to ask this question legitimately. That brings so you keep bringing these things up. That makes me think of things. You know, in in. Uh, in the Pacific Coast League last year, they had the rule that if you bring in a relief pitcher, he's got to face three batters. You can't bring somebody in for one for one hitter. Uh, you like that? You like that idea, or is that a? It certainly changed. I love that rule. It sped up the game. It really did. Speaking as the guy who watched a lot of AAA baseball, I've heard people complain about. Well, you know, it's not the strategy, though. I mean, you're taking away the strategy of the pitcher of the you're taking away the strategy of the manager as to whether they can. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's just different strategy. Yeah, you're changing the strategy. You, that was going <clears throat> that's going that that was announced as going into effect for MLB this year. Oh, was it? by the way, if they ever play, we are going to actually get that rule. Um, it was announced. Uh, I'm not doing any homework here, but it was announced. In early February, MLB announced that that was there was going to be a three batter minimum for relief pitchers, and active rosters were going to go from twenty five to twenty six. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I think that's great. So, so Mark, I mean, here's the thing. I think, I think this is a problem. They're they're trying to address the length of games, and how much stuff isn't happening. And I think, I mean, this is one way to do it, but it does affect the strategy a bit. On the other hand, that's fine. You, you don't need you don't need a specialist who throws to only left-handed switch hitters batting from the right side who are wearing black shoes, but only in the sixth inning with a two-run lead. Like that's just insane. But but if there is, Mark can tell you what his stats are. <laughs> he was only the third best of those of all time. I'll tell you what. Three fingers McGee. Now that was the guy you wanted to get your left-handed switch hitting right batter in the sixth inning out. That guy knew how to do it. He really, um, he mostly did it on people wearing yellow socks, not black socks. Yeah. It's different stats, people. I'm telling you. He he was especially good against Lutherans. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, like 
one of the things that's insane, and and and, and this is how you'd start thinking about this is, like when you're a pinch hitter, you come up, you don't get seven. You don't get the the batter do, or the pitcher doesn't get to throw you seven pitches so that you can get in the groove before you get a live pitch. But when you're a pitcher, first of all, you're in the bullpen, you're throwing, you're 400 feet away. Then you jog out, then you get seven pitches. Well, you've just been throwing in the bullpen. Why do you get to come from the bullpen, which wastes a bunch bunch of time and you get warm up pitches? No, 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 no. If you come into the game and it's not the top of an inning, you get to do what the batter does. Get in on the mound, throw a ball. Let's just, let's just play. Right. It's not like the mound to the plate is any different in the bullpen than it. I mean, it's not, it's Hoosiers, right? Oh, look, the (laughs) hoop is still 15 feet, right? It's, yeah, it's, I think you'll find that it's the exact same dimensions that we have back in Hickory, right? Why aren't they ready to go when they step in? Exactly. Or, you know, here's the thing like, if you're going to come into the game, you need to be, you, um, the whole watching a guy run or jog in from the bullpen is just like, that's insane. And even watching them ride on the cart, that's not great either. Right. If you're going to bring them in, they got to come in from the dugout. So take out your guy, put in the guy, let's go. Um, I, I think there's ways that they could speed up the game and not put this kind of strategy change in because no matter what rule you put in, unless it literally says you're going to take less time, they will figure out a way for this to take even more time. That's just the history of sports, right? And so just put in the rule to address the problem you have and don't try to get too smart around it. Um, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I get you. The, uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I am. I'm smelling what the rock is cooking. The, uh, <laughs> oh, what's for dinner, Dwayne? <laughs> I, I, if I can throw, uh, we've managed to go seven and a half episodes without a rock reference. Uh, that's got to be some kind of record. Um, that is not true. Um, I believe you will see in the episode that Amy guested. She introduced herself as not the rock's not wife. Rock wife. Yep, mm-hmm. that's true. You're right. We that's made it like true. two, two. <laughs> uh, Todd, we had, and we're just ignoring Dwayne here. Todd, we had a kid uh, pitching for the iCub on and off for the last few years, but last year, the whole season, Matt Swarmer. And when I would get to the ballpark, if I was working the scoreboard and I saw that Swarmer was pitching, I was delighted because he got the ball in his glove, he looked at the batter, threw the ball. Got the ball in his glove, looked at the batter, threw the ball. Got the ball, you know, and it was bam, 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 bam. And you would have a game. You would have a game go two hours, ten minutes when he pitched. And then we had some other guys that just, oh, you know, kill me now um, because it would take so long. Listeners that listeners that may not be aware, Mark is the has been for the last two seasons, the manual scoreboard operator at Sec Taylor Stadium um, or Principal Park for those that are new, it will always be Sec Taylor Stadium to me. But Mark has run the manual scoreboard. So I remember when you were you were about halfway through the season and you and I were talking and um I said, How's it going? And you said, Do you remember do you remember the story you told me about the comparison you made to watching a lot of baseball? I uh was it about steak? 
It was. <laughs> I like I love steak, but not every night. <laughs> That's a lot of baseball. <laughs> a lot of baseball. It is, and but especially when you're not playing, you're but watching. But it's but it's uh, it is a lot of fun. It's it's a good it's a good gig to have. Um, but it's but yeah. But when Swarmer pitched, it was that. But may I say, is this a cultural problem? It's not that baseball's too long; it's that our attention span is too short. Just throwing that out there. No, baseball's getting longer, <laughs> right? So, so it's it's actually it's it's a problem in both directions, right? Okay. Our attention span is getting small is getting shorter, but at the same time, baseball is getting longer, right? And so, um, they're quickly diverging from. I was going to say relevance. That's probably not accurate, but um, that's that's not. I mean, one or the other would be possible, but them happening simultaneously is becoming is becoming even more problematic, right? I mean, you're 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 you know they're they're talking about that, um, and again, this is you know whenever sports comes back, um, you could buy. Um, I want to say last season you could buy from NBA League Pass. You could buy a single game. But you could just buy a quarter. <laughs> like, I just want to watch a quarter of the game. Fourth quarter? You could say, I want to watch the fourth quarter? Yeah, right. Okay. Now, the reason why you would generally do that is because you might be interested in the outcome of that. You might have more than a passing interest in the outcome of the fourth quarter of a game. Let's just <laughs> put it Are that way. Are we back way. to bad beats? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know. Back back to the time when you couldn't, you know, you couldn't really say that, but, um, or you could also basically say the first three quarters didn't matter, you know, just watching the fourth quarter or whatever. So, you know, if you're, if you're talking about an NBA game that is only 48 minutes long, I mean, it takes what, two hours to play, but people can't even, all they want to watch is a 12 minute quarter, although it's the fourth quarter of an NBA game. So that's 17 hours, but, um, you only want to watch a quarter <laughs> Like at this point with baseball, then like if baseball is going to keep up, it's like, you know what? I only want to watch the top of the third, right? <laughs> like, like, let me just watch the one guy who I want to watch. Click. Oh, okay, fine. I'll, I'll go back and I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch him the next time he comes up. When, when, when uh, Henry Aaron was going for his 715th home run and 714th, the networks would go to him, go, go to the Braves every time he was up and then, then they'd go back away. So it's, you could buy that. And it worked well. We all, we all watched it that way. Oh, that would be, they could, you know, you could buy a subscription that just charges you by the minute and then it's always on. But then at the end of the month, they tally up how many minutes you actually watched. And then they just bill you for that. Oh, baseball would kill you. That could, uh, that'd be like the price of a car. You'd be you'd be sitting there literally like throw the ball, throw the ball. Don't go talk to him. I'm paying for this. That's true. I I, I just could you imagine up. falling asleep with the MLB network on? You wake up with a thousand dollar bill the next day. I I just looked it up. The average baseball game, major league baseball game, uh, in uh, last year was three hours and two minutes. And Dwayne, you remember you sent me the uh, the list or or the the site where you could listen to old baseball games. Yes. Okay. So I'm looking. 1934, 
two hours, 22 minutes, two hours, 19 minutes, two hours, 40 minutes, two hours, one minute, 1936, two hours, six minutes. And then you get up into the 1960s, though, and there's some four-hour games on here. But yeah, apparently games are getting longer. So you weren't just kidding. That's a statistical fact. I can throw out some non-statistical facts if you want them. Oh, do it. <laughs> well, it's been a joy. <laughs> on, that, on that note. It's, it's, it's time for me to go watch Oil War. <laughs> hey, it's back. Little Matt's Blues to play us out tonight. You have been listening to Talking to Todd. I am Dwayne Johnson. Uh, our guest tonight has been Mark Felderman. It never will be again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our theme was Matt's Blues by Kevin McLeod. It's available on Incompetech.com under a Creative Commons Attributions License. Thanks, as always, to Podbean for hosting. You can subscribe to Talking to Todd on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can tweet at us at TalkingToTodd.com. That's so wait, talking. wait, nope, stop. Hold on. I screwed oh, yes. that up. I screwed that up last week when I listened to it. Yes. Okay. I literally, I said that. Now you're repeating it. Um, and this is why I should never have Todd's tech corner again. I literally said, you can tweet at us at talking to Todd.com. Okay. That's not a thing. That's not the way Twitter works. That's not the way any of this works. Right. So our website is talking to Todd.com. Our Twitter handle is talking to Todd somehow though, because you know, I'm an old guy. I said, you could tweet at us at talking to Todd.com, which absolutely won't work. So <laughs> That's that's literally like saying you can call us on you can you can you can call and leave a voicemail for us on Facebook. Like I, I just completely screwed that up. So <laughs> I was and I was reading it from a script and I was wrong. Oh my lord. Yep. Yep. So, so the website <laughs> the website is talkingtotod.com with the number two in the middle. Talking yes. no G to Todd.com. Yes. But tweet at us at talking to Todd. Yes. With the, two, with the number two. With, with the, the number, number two. two, yeah. Or if you're old school, you can send us a email at feedback at talkingtotodd.com. We do have an email address. Or you can snail mail it to Dwayne Johnson, 313. No, go ahead. <laughs> Please send your letters to. Or as we established in our last one, uh, if you see Mark, give him some feedback. And the next time he talks to Dwayne, he'll pass that along. That works. That works, yeah. Or text Lindsay, and she'll text Lisa, and then Lisa will forward it to Todd, and then we'll read it on the air. That's how it works. Uh, so thanks to thanks to Mark for joining us. Todd, do you have any last thoughts? I, I can't. I can't possibly imagine there's anything that we haven't covered this week. <laughs> well, until next week. As always, we've been talking to Todd. What I really want to hear at the end of that is a is a very young Lucas saying, "You're listening to Yambo Radio." <laughs> Yambo.
There you go. I wonder if I can find that. That was I know that was good. That was. You are listening to Yambo Radio. I love it. I love it. That's got to be 15 years old. I'm not kidding. Oh, at least, yeah. You are listening to Yambo Radio. <laughs> I I loved it then. I love it now. Oh Lord, we do go way back. Okay, I see, and I still haven't stopped shut off the stop recording yet. So now we've got outtakes. Okay, now I'm good. <laughs>